welcome to another episode of the interview series. This time, my guest was Erika Footman, an artist, songwriter, session player, and also a tutor at ICMP. Throughout the years, her talent has caught the attention of some established artists and bands that she has ended up providing backing vocals, keyboards, and percussions for. During our chat, Erika told me about her very first experience as a session musician with pop star Mika, her metal days with politically charged band Censor, and all the way to joining Skunk and Nancy as their backing vocalist, as well as percussionist and keyboard player. We then moved on to talking about her studio work with number one UK artist Bastille, as well as her more recent career in higher education. Thank you for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Thanks oh, for having me. Pleasure. It's a pleasure. How are you? Uh, how are you doing? How are you? Yeah, are you I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Um, so today I have, what have I done today? I've, today was a day for me to do whatever I wanted guilt-free. And um, so I've done some yoga, a little nice. bit of gardening, um, been cooking. Yeah, it's just nice just to chill. And I've watched um, a couple of podcasts and <laughs> yeah, just had a nice, like a Sunday. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, it's great when you say a day for yourself, you're actually so proactive and doing things you know it's mm-hmm. the same for me when I say I'm just going to spend the day for myself I end up doing you know a lot of things which, yeah. is, which is good but it's not like the sort of like spending it on the sofa kind of thing not for no, me exactly yeah, yeah totally right. and and there's so there seems to be so much pressure with creatives to be like constantly you know do 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 you've got to do 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 you've got to create you've got to write the next album you know yeah. by lock time lock, lockdown finishes you've got to you know written a hit record and it's just like it's too much <laughs> no I know so, I think it's it's such a personal yeah. thing everyone is coping differently and there should be no uh, judgment whatsoever I think you know it's our bodies are reacting our minds are reacting it's just the way it is it's it's weird for everyone so you know Mm. if you feel like being proactive great if you don't great exactly yeah Yeah. totally (laughs) um so I am I sort of okay, like introduced cool. the um, what we're going to be talking about today, but um, you know, of course, you are very active in the in the industry. You've been working as a musician and session musician and, and artist and songwriter for how long now? Oh God! Um, so my first album was out two thousand nine, and I, uh, yeah, two thousand nine, and actually that was my first big tour was two thousand nine as well. So yeah, ten years ago. Yeah. So, but I mean, I've been gigging and writing a lot longer than that. But yeah, since sessioning was since 2009 on major label stuff major artist stuff um and then before then i was a gigging musician you know from probably 2000 yeah so no it can't be 2000 i don't know long time (laughs) okay quite a while at least 10 years for sure oh yeah more than that it's for sure yeah i think i've probably yeah i've probably been working for about 18, 18, 19 years now. Yeah, as a singer. You yeah. must have so many stories to tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will Mostly tell good. <laughs> Mostly good, actually. So that's, that's quite nice, actually, yeah. Nice. Totally. I um, I think it kind of makes sense to start with the same old question of, you know, the sort of like, um, I kind of want to know about your background, uh, your musical background. So your influences, okay. um, you know, I know that um, Japan is a big influence for you, but also, of course, yeah, just a little bit, you know, how did you start and how did it come together? 
Yeah, so my first, I suppose my influences, as with most people, are what we grew up with. So I was the eldest of three girls. Um, and my mum and dad loved music. And so we used to have a vinyl, pl- well, we still do have a vinyl player. And, you know, I had no TV growing up. So we just list- listened to records. And on that record list would be Sgt. Pepper, um, Lionel Rit- like Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, um, just a real mishmash of loads of different artists from the kind of 70s and 60s and 70s. Um, I don't have a massive Japanese influence from my music side um, but definitely from like a from kind of um, a social side or fashion side or imagery as well Mm -hmm. Um, with my mother being from Japan I've always lived in the UK um, but we'd go every year so I'd be massively influenced just by watching and listening and and hearing and and I suppose in some ways language and the way I describe things possibly could have had an influence with Japanese language because obviously my Japanese wasn't great growing up and still isn't that amazing um so I'd have to describe certain things in a certain way so maybe it kind of made the way I write things a bit interesting and I end up saying things in a roundabout way rather than kind of direct like I'm doing now <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um what was it like to not like be watching tv growing up that's that's so uh, unusual yeah so we um well had it we had a tv up until I was about seven years old and then um my parents just couldn't deal with my me and my sister just getting ratty at each other and and just like I want to watch neighbors and I want to watch this and then we're just like oh do you know what let's get rid of it And then you'd have to go outside and do something else. So, um, yeah, it was. I suppose it was a bit weird in some ways because maybe I didn't know what other kids were talking about. But to be honest, I don't ever remember, like, not like, trying to have a conversation about TV. I don't know. I think kids just didn't really talk about TV then. Right. So, and, and how did you approach the industry? Like, what was the, uh, how did you start working in the industry? Um, and, uh, you know, okay. how did it start for you? So, um, actually, when I was at school... Um, I was only 13 at the time and my music teacher Tia Kuchmish said to me um, you should audition for the English National Opera they're coming and you've got like you know it's like a six month thing you've got dark hair you can sing you should try it and it was so with other girls as well so um, so I auditioned for Carmen for the ENO and I got in um, so me and I think 12 other girls got in and um, so I actually start. that was my first paid gig when I was 13 for the ENO wow. for about six months yeah it was a- and it just opened my My eyes up to music and like working with people and all, and boys <laughs> I was in a girl's school so I was like oh hi <laughs> oh all right what, okay what are yeah. you <laughs> and just you know just and it was just really fun to be able to sing every day and to meet people that their jobs were singing every day or acting or dancing and it just opened my eyes up to the possibility that this is something that you could do yeah and then from then on I just I started training singing like private lessons on my own um and then went to GCSEs and A-levels as normal and then um ended up doing uh performing arts and music and then did classical music for a year and then um and then I went and studied contemporary rock and pop for a year as well and then I just fell in love like I was never like doing classical music It was definitely more for my mum than me. Like she's she's a classical music critique, so she's she loves the oh, okay. yeah. Um, but it was it was a great experience anyway. Was and, it, it useful anyway? Uh, yeah, the rock and roll was definitely stronger in me than the classical music. Fair so. 
I understand fully. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so actually, when I went and did contemporary rock and pop, I really came into my own, and I thought, oh, okay, this is what I got really excited about, and this and I, me. yeah, and I was definitely kind of a lot straighter. I was a bit all over the place and definitely rebellious from quite a young age. So when I actually went and started to learn about rock and roll, that's when I straightened up and you know started taking everything a bit seriously. So yeah, it's yeah. quite which is uh, interesting. interesting. You know, you yeah, know rock and roll, and you wanna you wanna <laughs> straight edge that's interesting what was I gonna say when did you start writing like your own stuff and like you know um I always I wrote journals I journaled a lot for a young age and then I journaling stopped and I started writing songs around probably about the same time about 13 years old and then um and then when I went into when I went into college actually it's when I stopped writing completely and I just started performing I don't know musical theatre and pop songs and other people's repertoire other than my own so I, I didn't really touch my stuff and actually it wasn't until I, I went to the contemporary rock and pop college um, that I started writing again so when I was about 21 so I had a massive gap for probably from about 16 to 21 where I wasn't writing at all um, but also that kind of goes in the very shady age range of when I was kind of wayward and, and uh, yeah <laughs> maybe it's for the best exploring yeah, yeah totally totally yeah it's, it's definitely part of me and it's it's made me who I am as well so yeah really Mm. And um, so when was the first, um, how did you get the, your first gig as a session musician? So it wasn't actually until I was 27. Um, so a, a good long while after I'd graduated. And I'd, I'd basically been gigging, um, gigging and gigging from 1920. And, um, and then a lot of my friends were musicians. So all the people I'd met from college, plus people that I'd stayed in contact with afterwards and met people along the way. Um, and actually, it was just from knowing someone. So um, my best friend at the time, Jonas, he was playing guitar for, I think it was Rita Ora. And the MD from Rita Ora said, oh, you know, by any chance, does anyone know a quirky singer that's a strong performer? And, and my friend was like, yes, I know someone. So, um, yeah, I I basically um, went to Mika's house. We had a chat uh, with the how MD. Was that? Yeah, it was great. I mean, did it was weird. Did you have a coffee? Like, how did yeah. you Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a, I think we had, I don't know, probably a cup of tea or a coffee or, yeah. And just had a chat. And and um, I think he was just making sure I wasn't a dick, basically. You know, it, yeah. And and because I was like, do you need me to sing? Like, what do you know? And he's like, no, I've seen stuff online. It's all live. It's not pre-recorded. I can hear what you're doing. I can see what you're doing. It's and I like the fact that you're an artist at the time I was in bizarrely I was in a metal band uh, called Amazing. Emma yeah and um, and that, uh, those are the videos that he was seeing like, it was like metal and rock and uh, and he was like not yeah, his yeah, cup of tea in terms not of music of he was making yeah. at all yeah but you know when I arrived there I wasn't like in my metal gear I was wearing like a colour like honestly <laughs> I'd done the research gear. in my metal gear <laughs> but I'd done the research I knew he was colourful and right like, you know so I turned up colourful and right. I, I already had pink hair at the time anyway so Amazing. I think it just kind of you I suppose you look into the aesthetic of the artist and think you know how how would I fit in and and I and I actually really visualized that gig as well like I really saw me touring with him um because you know as in as a musician you get so many opportunities that come and they're like oh my god you've got this and then like literally the next day it's like oh yeah I went to someone else then the next day it's like oh my god you've got this gig oh this is great and you're like oh yeah brilliant and then it's gone you know so you for years and years and years you get this like tough skin and um I don't know why for this mega gig I was like no I'm gonna get it I'm gonna get it but I like truly believe that I was gonna get it 
and I got it. Literally six months later, hi, are you still up for doing that gig? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and you were, so, of course. But yeah. Still, you just really never know. Yeah. You never know. And it's just one of those things. So when you, um, when you were like getting ready for, for touring with him for the mm. first time, how did you have a sort of like routine to get ready? What was, I don't know, what was your thinking process? What, during tour or before the tour? Just before, just getting before ready. Before the tour. Okay, so um, obviously I listened to his songs. Um, also, we were going straight into some promos. So I remember for, uh, traveling, they'd given me one song, uh, Relax. And then the new single that was coming out, not Let It Rain. Let it rain? Rain, rain. And, uh, but they hadn't had any of the vocals done or it hadn't been done before. So they literally sent it to me on the day of doing like live vocal TV show for um it was uh what was it it was the big the big breakfast show in in um in paris can't remember anyway i literally had to learn the song on the way there and i was just like oh my what? god yes and i i mean luckily it was just like wait, 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 wait. it's quite a simple melody and i thankfully Ew. thankfully <laughs> but it was the first time i'd ever done any tv it was the first time i'd ever used innis wow um and the first time playing with with these guys and this band so many first times at the same time yeah totally so all, all I did was just focus on the tasks so as I was going in I was just learning the song so the whole journey in I was just like learning 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 and actually that's something that I really I did well at the, the college that I was at because every week we had to perform something new in about right. three or four classes so I had to learn about four songs a week yeah. so my rate of learning was pretty good from that training um, and it's and obviously between then and then as well I obviously had to learn like sets in the night and you know it's you just you just have to you just have to learn songs basically it's your job yeah so um, I just made sure I knew my parts and any questions if I had any questions about anything I just made sure I asked the MD um, you know have I got this down can I run can I run it yeah. through it through it with you like yeah you know don't be afraid to ask people to to go through stuff like if you're not sure of stuff it's much better to be sure about what you're going to do instead oh, of definitely. going especially ah, if it's going I on think I'm doing this yeah totally totally <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather people think I was quote-unquote stupid which is not stupid at all no I see what you mean and do a good job you know but yeah, yeah. no I see what you mean so how long have you uh toured with uh with Mika so we toured for about three years together um and it was it was three years like it, I, the longest I was home was probably like a month um, wow. yeah I mean we'd be home for little stints you know maybe two weeks one week a couple of days but yeah I mean it was three years of that and so it was it was quite hardcore actually yeah <laughs> thinking that it was your first job as a session musician that's quite yeah. full-on yeah totally. and um, um what years was this so that was I'm 2009 to 2012 because he was massive back then yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, it was a world world tour I, I was lucky enough to travel around the world wow. one and a half times or fortunate enough to yeah I think it's probably like everyone's dream you know like your first job as a session musician with a massive lovely mm. artist and you get to tour the world yeah. wow I'm jealous yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, you know you, you, as a session musician you, you do little jobs so they tend to be yeah. like studio stuff before but I suppose mm -hmm regarding touring this was my first big tour yeah definitely it was fascinating I was just I was such a geek though I was like how many trucks have you got like and what goes in the trucks and who does this and what goes on there? yeah I can imagine like literally a kid yeah. in a candy store like yeah I, I totally. would be the same you know? yeah no, it was definitely 
for me it was a whole touring party and how the, all the cogs work and and you know how everything how everything works i think it's really really interesting yeah 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 um that's that's brilliant um so you mentioned of course uh, jobs in studios so studio sessions so yeah. um i just wanted to talk a little bit about it and sort of like differences of course approaching a tour instead of approaching a studio session uh, mm-hmm. with a band. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and some examples of what you've done? Okay, so with a studio session, I will learn this. Obviously, I have to, if, if the song is given to you beforehand, um, then I'll make sure that I learn the song as much as I can regarding the demo of what's given to you. Also, probably for me, you know, and, and this has made me lose gigs as well, but I look into the lyrics as well. So if someone, someone lyric if someone's written it um i kind of want to take on a meaning to it and you know so that when i'm singing i'm singing with my heart rather than just kind of singing the words on the page and 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 you know that's just how i do it you know i music is very emotive to me i'm an emotive singer i'm um and for me my why of making music is to be able to express so you know and that's why I, i enjoy singing and working as a singer and as an artist and and a session player because i put myself into it so if i'm if i'm learning if i'm learning a session song then i'll probably try and look into a little bit more and try and get my take on it and my feel on Mm -hmm. it um however i have lost a job because of that (laughs) so yeah so many moons ago in a lifetime ago i was in a girl band and i actually got fired for being too emotional (laughs) not in the sense of like out of in the band but like the way i sing was too emotive so but it was it was the 90s you know when everything was just like a bit kind of flatter in the sense of like yeah it, all, it was the same management as the all saints as all saints and they were all kind of a bit cool Plasticky, and pop yeah it was just yeah it was just it was cool yeah. and and i've never really just been cool it's just i just you know what i mean it's just i, I right. love to express and and that's where i'm at with it do you think yeah. this is um this is because of course of your personality but also because you're an artist and you write your own stuff that you kind of want probably <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. and i think that's why some people love it because you treat them their music like it's your own and I think that's why I've managed But to tour, manage to tour the way yeah. I do is because I when I gig I put my whole heart and soul into it yeah. you know when I was touring with Mika like every night I gave 110% there was never a time on stage when I was off because I loved it I love performing I love connecting and I and even if maybe I wouldn't have bought his records before although I did buy his first record but maybe whatever but you know <laughs> it I found things that I loved in his songs and I think as a practitioner as a vocalist you do find that even if you're like oh god you know this song but then there'll be something in the lyric or something in a melody or something that challenges you that makes you find what you appreciate about it as well and um and I think that's why I still love what I do um totally gone off point what was the question no, no, the, the, oh the, the approach was wasn't just, it um, just having that sort of personality and approach because right. of what you do as, a, as an artist so writing your own stuff um and i i kind of wanted to to know what sort of like artists you uh you've done studio sessions for 
and where? Um, to be honest, I haven't. Oh, I've done a couple of studio stuff. Um, probably the biggest artist to date is probably Bastille. I've done. Um, so one of my dear dear friends, Mark Crew, is um, is part of the label and um, and producer that mm-hmm. uh, creates music with Dan from Bastille. And so um, Mark literally just called me up and was like, "Oh, do you want to come down to the studio and do some vocals?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> You know, Love it. Yeah. You know, and you just turned out. I was like, oh, it's you know, it's for it's for Dan, and and um, and I was like, yeah, what do you want me to do? So it was just like some BB stuff and a little bit of um, um, I can't remember what it was now because he didn't use it in the end. Um, yeah, he did the track that I actually went in for. They kind of like messed it up so much, like like not messed it up. <laughs> that was rubbish. They did a really bad job. <laughs> yeah, they they changed it um, and affected it to make it the intro to that um mixtape right. which was um and so but I didn't know that at the time so I went in and I did that and then at the end they were like oh do you want to hear some of the tunes I was like yeah cool so I just ended up staying with them a bit longer and then they played me this tune that they'd done with Ella Eyre and Ella Eyre wasn't big then mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god her voice is amazing yeah and then um and then the song kind of shifted from a Tina Turner song into like this old like dance rave tune and I was like oh my god I used to love this song and they're like can you sing it I was like I'll give it a go (laughs) and then I ended up singing on that and they used that in the end so you know it's always good to hang around a bit and just you know see you just never know what what, what's gonna pop up basically and just don't like the message don't be a just be cool (laughs) I think you know what I think this is a very consistent message uh, that I've been hearing throughout each of Mm. the interviews that I've done Uh, it's just down to you know being a really good person getting on with other people being easy and you know adapt yourself and you'll be fine yeah sounds easier um, to say it maybe but you know you can work on it I guess yeah totally I think one thing I've noticed just through working with loads of people is that the people that get the most work are the people that are just easy to get on with do a good job don't make a fuss yeah you know the artists are there to be artists and they can and they are allowed to push the boundaries of what they want and desire from everydayness because they're paying for it essentially you know yeah. if you if you want a song to sound a certain way they're well within their rights to ask you for that because that's your job yeah. um you know but if you're a session musician and you're throwing a tantrum why are my pedals like this and why you know this or my mic level was wrong when I got on stage and it's like well just change it when you get on it's fine and there are you know there are musicians out there that are like that but you know it's people like to work with people that are just easy to get on with you know yeah definitely so going back to um, touring with bands, I think another uh, very big chunk of your experience would be connected to Skunk and Nancy. Mm. So I kind of want to know how it started and, you know, how different um, it was to sort of like sing with a very super pop artist like Mika, mm-hmm. moving to Skunk and Nancy, you know, uh, completely different stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, in between that, I was also touring with a band called Sensor that were a yeah. metal yeah. band metal hip-hop band as well yeah. so um i think that sense of kind of helped that transition through but i mean i was you know i've always worn many hats because even throughout mika i was still performing and touring my own music and still writing my own music and still releasing music as well um and that was rock back then with mika so you know it was i was able to to switch 
Um, and then, um, so with Sensor, um, again, I, I struck, probably struggled a bit more with Sensor than I did with Skunk because I had to front Sensor along with Haytham because Sherston had gone to have her, her last bubba. And, um, and so when you are rapping and singing about really strong social and political views, um, which I did agree with, so thankfully that's all fine. Going back to, you know, um, making yeah. the lyrics your lyrics. Exactly. Um, but it, it, sometimes it was hard to get the aggression needed, especially when I just done one of my like, oh, peace and love, Erica gigs, and then going off to do some like, you know, and it just, yeah. sometimes it just took me a little while just to be like, okay, this is where I'm at now. Come on. And you, you have to almost like fake it to make it. I did in that situation and then after like you know maybe a song or you know maybe I think Haytham did the first song on his own anyway and it just took me that time to get my headspace into where I needed to be yeah. to be able to to go um, to go there right. yeah definitely so with Skunk it actually started with a recording session so um, so Mark uh, Richardson the drummer from Skunk and Nancy is actually my husband we met oh my god we've been we've been together about 15 years now um, but I actually don't think we've only worked together quite recently so maybe five years or like 10 years we're like I'm not working with you <laughs> anyway so about 10 years later we um actually it was skin was like oh do you think do you think Eri wouldn't mind coming to do some backing vocals and he's like all right. <laughs> so, guess, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's um, and so he rang me up and I said, yeah, yeah, I'll come down. So um, I went down to the studio, did some BVs, and then at one point, Skin was like, no, can you can you sing that part? You know the, that that vocal part, and I was like, no, 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 I did. That's that's me. And the producer's like, yeah, it sounds like Skin, but actually, I can see that it's you. And that's when we realised that both our vocals go really well together. Like they they have like a very, I have a lower range and she has a higher range um, or tone rather. Actually, she's got a higher tone and I've got a lower tone, so we complement each other quite well. But I can match a lot of her kind of qualities too, which work really really nicely together. And um, and so with so it started doing with just a recording I think it was on the Black Traffic record and then like a couple of shows on that tour Skin was like why don't you come up and do the BVs for that I was like okay yeah sure so I I think I did one in um a couple in Italy and then um, Brixton Academy as well. And then um, a few years later after that, the band decided to do an acoustic album. And so I play keys and uh, Skin again was like, Mark, how would you feel if we asked Eri to come and do some keys and, and some backing vocals? And, and you know, so it's ni- it's c- quite nice to know that in a kind of egotistical way that um, it wasn't my husband that was like, hey, guys do you think uh, my girlfriend no, could come in you know um so it's, it is really nice um that it came from skin and also for her to say look let's get another woman on stage and, and kind yeah. of be cool with that you know and that's that's really really cool <laughs> best decision ever yeah great <laughs> oh, definitely but, yeah it's it was you know oh it was it's so nice to be asked and it was a beautiful tour it was all sat down and with lamps lit and it was stunning so i did i did that tour with them and then i've just stayed with them ever since and as my husband was saying he's like at home you're here on tour you're here <laughs> I was about to say I guess it worked out fine right yeah yeah it did and it, I mean you know we've been together a long long time so you know we, we know when we, we need to go and take a walk and get some space and, yeah. and you know we luckily we adore each other so it's fine <laughs> 
It's a really nice story, I guess, especially because, of course, when you go on tour, you can be away for a long time. Being away yeah. together is uh, is quite special, actually. Yeah. So the, when I was touring with Mika and he was obviously with Skunk, there would be I, I probably didn't see him sometimes for three months. Like he would come out to see me in France or I'd go out to see him somewhere. And um, yeah, it was so sporadic. And, and when you're touring and you come home for like a couple of days, your head's not at home. Your head's still on tour. So it's really hard to be with that person and it was really tough those three years were really tough touring separately um and it was a struggle for both of us for sure definitely so yeah i am like we are so lucky to be able to tour together and get on as well yeah definitely that's the, yeah. that's the best part um so i i'm just curious to know if there's one moment in your career that you think it's sort of like a highlight um something that you're really proud of um yeah um yeah it's probably putting my first album out so like in 2009 um me and my so another one of my best friends again laura at the time was also managing me and we'd recorded so i'd recorded the album with, with the band but it was me really me and laura that were putting this out trying to figure out like what how do we release music like you know no one was really doing it i mean people were doing it but not like not like digitally and you know it was just like what how how do we do this um and it was such an achievement to be able to put that out. And it paved the way for me to continue releasing and to continue making. And um, and even though it wasn't a huge success for me, it was a massive success because it was, I was able to create something and birth it and see it to its fruition. And um, it was a big milestone for me. And it's funny because like it came as the same year as the Mika tour and more people praised me on the Mika tour than they did on releasing an album. And it, it it's such a reflection on society that we see fame and glory and success as in how big an artist is or how big an achievement is by the size of the tour. Where actually the, the biggest achievement is, is what you're doing for yourself and what you're brave enough to put out for yourself and tell the world about yourself. You know, so for me, it was my first record. Like I listen to it now, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> But still, it was like, it's it's for sure, it's the biggest achievement. And from then on, I learned more and more and more about learning to put my own record out. Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of the reasons why I like to ask this question, because even if it sounds a bit cliche, it's, uh, it's such a personal one. Some people may think that, you know, your highlight is, your career highlight is, I don't know, touring mm -hmm. with Mika or, mm -hmm. you know, just to sort of, again, connected to fame and success and money and whatnot but yeah. rather it's something that's much more personal and i like to hear about that yeah totally. um so the sort of like big question about this whole conversation is how difficult it is to juggle between you know writing your own music concentrating focusing on your own stuff and you know from planning a release recording everything that goes behind it you know financially emotionally and mm. uh with like of course the life of a touring musician mm. so um if i go back to so my the first album i put out in 2009 i mean i was literally like scraping pennies like trying to pay producers so many favors i pulled in um and even like the mastering like i hated the mastering by the end of it but i was just like i have no more money left there's nothing i can do and then bizarrely you know i was thinking what am i going to do with a promo tour like how am i going to promote this and then the Mika tour came and then luckily I was able to kind of semi-promote it as I, as 
as I went just by meeting people and them seeing me on stage and working with him as well. Um, so that really helped. And actually, that's something that Mika said to me in the interview. He was like, you know, this would be great for you. This would be great for your music, um, you know, which is which is amazing for another artist to say that to another artist, um, even though our music is totally different. <laughs> and, and then so when I was touring with him, actually, for me, it was probably the easiest time in my life because I was touring every night. So I'd be gigging every night or kind of every night. But my days were free. I had one job only, one job. And that was as a backing singer for a major artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to do my washing. I didn't have to do my cooking. I didn't have to drive myself anywhere. Yep. So actually making music was really easy so on my days off or on the days that I was at home I would be writing with the band or I'd be recording with the band Um, and then when I'd be on tour I would be uh, getting in touch with mixers producers organizing all the all the um, all the um, uh, recording and mastering and mixing blah, blah 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 And then actually what I was doing was learning on tour, was watching how, you know, what was possible and what could be possible for a for an artist like me. You know, could could I put on a show? Could I put on a tour? And how would I make it successful? And how could I how could I afford it? Um, so I was just learning a lot of the time then um, and just doing doing everything I could for my own music as well. Um, and then I had a whole reshift of projects, um, mainly because I really struggled because I used my artist name Ima for my session name. So anyone that worked with me on Mika always calls me Ima still. So when I so when I started doing my own project again in between and I was Ima, having jumping around being very colourful and very kind of like you know, very happy to going doing something really dark and heavy uh, with my rock stuff, I was just like, this makes no sense to me. And I almost started having this like weird, like not like not like uh, who am I but just uh, it just didn't feel right um, yeah. so now I actually mostly keep my artist artist name as my own name because that is me and the music I create and then if I'll go and work with some people uh, it will be Emma um, although with Skunk and Nancy it's airy cause, just because it's family <laughs> you know yeah, fair enough. it feels like family so it's just it's airy um, so but that helps me and that almost helps me have two identities not identities but like it it helps me separate where I need to separate as well um and if I need to separate um um but for me I just kept going like I just all my days off and all you know I always had something that I wanted to work on like I'm very good at um I'm not good at daily practice in the sense of like, I must practice my writing. I must do my writing every day. I must be singing every day. But I have to give myself a deadline. I have to be held accountable. So if I say, right, I'm going to release a record by the end of the year, I'll release a record by the end of the year. And so I always gave myself goals. So whenever I was touring or wherever I'm, even now, like if I'm part teaching, if I'm part gigging, you know, I give myself a goal and say, okay, by August, you know, 2020, I have to have written all the songs for my album. And then I have to say it to someone. I can't just say it to myself. I say it to myself. You can be held responsible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have witnesses. Absolutely. So being being like accountability for me is massive. And I and I and I commend people that can do like I spoke to um, a friend of mine, Cecilia, the other day. And she was saying, you know, just do like 15 minutes every day, even if it's shit. 15 minutes of whatever of music just do it and I was like cool I'll try that but I know I won't do it <laughs> I need 
need some I need I need to say to the world like right you know do a crowdfunder and go right in three months time I'm going to deliver an album yeah you know and we're going to fund it together get the extra push yeah and that's really helped me yeah. for sure yeah definitely Actually, is that your question I have no idea. yeah no no definitely okay, definitely cool. I think um it does yeah juggling between the two and I guess you still get um influenced by the other you know artistic identity I suppose mm. you can separate them but you still I'm guessing you know if there's something that you're exploring on your own or as a session musician that would probably end up influencing what you're doing in the other, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, because so for my metal and rock project, and then working with Mika, my next project was really poppy, and I think it is because I was really enjoying jumping around and just like having fun on stage and I could have fun on stage with my metal band as well but there was there was definitely more aggression around it and I definitely moved on from that part of my life um and as humans we're multifaceted we, we you know thank god we're not two-dimensional and and I'm able to express many different emotions and feelings and um and explore that as well and and you, if you look at my back catalogue it's like <laughs> you're doing metal then rock and then pop and now it's like alternative <laughs> it's just it's constantly changing but I love that I've always been like that you know but like as a kid I'd, I'd get dressed on a weekend and my dad would be like who have you come as <laughs> I was always exploring new things and and maybe that's why I can work with some you know like a pop artist to a metal artist because I am I do explore that anyway naturally on my own um, it's part and of I have you. done yeah totally yeah 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 so, so would you uh, say this is a reflection of what you listen to as well like what you expose yourself to or you know is this something that you try to foster you know do you try to open um to different genres and different artists and stuff that you don't know or it's definitely probably more unconscious it's probably more conscious now because i've just been doing it for so much longer like i'll i'll, I'll sing a melody and i'll be like i know that melody you know when i'm writing i'll be like that sounds really familiar <laughs> You know, and then because I'm more aware of it now than I probably was then when I was writing back then, it was just kind of just like, Bleh! just, you know, whereas now yeah. it's, it's, it's something that I ha I'm working at and practicing more around for sure. Mm. Makes sense. But so you can't help but be uh, influenced by stuff you hear and friends no, and people. Course. And for sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, and um, the sort of like additional question that I have is, of course, you are a tutor at ICMP as well. Mm. So I'm just curious to see how did you end up um, teaching and how did that, you know, start? And uh, I guess you're enjoying it. Yes. Um, yeah, I just kind of yeah. want to hear a bit about it. So I probably first started teaching before I went on tour, actually. So before 2009, <clears throat> I was teaching at a different music college. <laughs> And I really enjoyed it. It was really fun and it was it was working with a band as well. So I was getting vocalists to work with bands, um, which is something that I've done for years. So it was very natural for me to, to work with, with bands and, and vocalists. Yeah. Um, and so um, I went to, I did that and then I went on tour. So that kind of... I stopped teaching and actually before that I was teaching kids as well so I do like um like straight out of uni or college I'd be teaching like little kids at like rock schools and this and that and it was all contemporary stuff and and then I do a bit of private teaching and just I was just dabbling really and I enjoyed it because it was connection and meeting new people and and um and also you know just encouraging younger people to to, to do it um and then it was actually when I finished touring in 2012 with Mika I was just a bit like oh 
what do I do now? <laughs> um, because the classic pop industry, they kind of, they like to take a band and get rid of them and then bring in a whole new band as well. And that's yeah. what happened in 2012. So, um, so I was a bit like, oh, you know, thinking I'd had a whole summer of touring and festivals coming. Um, and then, um, and then, it, and then I was like, oh God, what do I do? And luckily Ian Edwards, who used to work there, um, was a friend of mine. And he was like, um, actually we're looking for some vocal teachers. Uh, one of the, one of the vocalists, um, vocal tutors is just away on maternity. You know, would you be around? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then, so I was supposed to just do maternity, but then ended up staying a little longer. And, uh, and then I kind of, I started in higher diploma, then moved to, um, Bemis, um, and then I now I'm at home at the BACM, yeah, which definitely feels like home because it's it's really around creative artists. And um, I got to teach with the the magical Mark Roberts, who is just amazing. Like what a mind and an, an incredible educator. And actually, my first year of probably the first well, all the time I was teaching with him, I was just like soaking in and learning as well. And that actually really helped my creativity and my music and and learning um, and pushing the boundaries of of what I was doing. Doing, which is great actually yeah. yeah so guys just so you know the BACM is the BA in creative musicianship mm. just uh, if you're not familiar with it <laughs> um, right That's so I'm just gonna see if there are any questions I do have a few additional ones mm. um, I think I saw one earlier as well one popped up <laughs> oh. yes so how did you make time for your regional solo career whilst touring with another artist so you know I yeah we touched on that didn't we mm. I guess you know we can probably frame it around being on tour and you know having a deadline or maybe wanting to work on something of your own how do you manage that yeah I suppose um so if I for example with with the Mika tour I would be you know if I was in a town or traveling then there's not much you can do but a lot of the time what I used to love doing was when everyone had gone to sleep on the tour bus I would actually just go and sit upstairs or in one of the lounges and just like right and do stuff on my own with not everyone else is you know gone to bed and I could just be there on my own open road and just yeah it was really magical actually just having that 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 time traveling yeah. and just having a bit of silence and working yeah. stuff yeah that sounds that sounds mm. inspiring yeah it was great <laughs> um, right one more from Lima Peru hello Yay. um what do you do when you have a blank about creative i'm guessing maybe some sort of writer's blog yeah sure so um it depends like there's loads of different things that i can do like i've um i've learned like loads of different things on the way so um one of my favorite things is to put a movie on or a clip from a movie and um turn the music off and actually start writing like lyrics or just or from the imagery or or keep the lyric or keep the volume on and just start getting lyrics from what i'm hearing of the story from the movie um and then create like um a song around that if i'm really stuck around my own stuff so that really helps getting kind of external ideas of, of one of my favorite movies or a movie i have no idea about and then also i like to do a stream of consciousness as well so where basically i'll put pen to paper and then i'll literally write three pages without 
lifting my pen up and I can't stop. So it could be like, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write, but this is coming out of my pen and this is going to keep going with it and da, 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 da. And, and literally just like, and then eventually like you'll come back to it and start picking things out and you'll be like, oh, there is something going on actually. And then you'll start. So that's quite fun as well. Yeah. Right. There's a couple for you, Lima. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just curious to know about the, how do you pick the movie that you're going to have in the background? Um, I don't know. Well, bizarrely, I did a drum, I did a top line for a drum and bass producer the other day and I heard the song and I was so inspired by the sounds like and I think because of the pandemic that's going on at the moment as well like for me it was like oh my god if this was the last song I ever heard on this planet I would go crazy to it I would like dance to it so then like I was thinking the last song of the world like the last night of the world and then yeah ended up writing a song about it being the last night of the world and then I was talking about it with Mark actually and going you know I've got this imagery in my head and he was like oh you know what you should watch is Strange Stranger Days I was like okay cool so then I just went right. and then I picked words out and got imagery and, and it really fed into that and of course the producer was like yeah we don't need all of that we just need like a little chorus and I was like oh but the verse I've got written the verses and that's interesting. That's an interesting process. First time I hear about it. It seems to be it's working. Great. Yeah, so one of the workshops I do with the BACM lot is I put a black and white, short black and white movie on, turn all the instrumentation around so you're watching the movie screen, so you've got the drums facing, and then I say, okay, you have to play the music to this and go, and it's amazing. It's one of my favourite workshops to do with the students because it's oh, just like... Because everyone's like, what? This is weird, no! And then yeah. when you're in it, everyone's just so intensely in it, and it's brilliant. And some great stuff's come out of it. That's amazing. Mm. Um, right, we've got one more. Uh, worked as a session guitarist on and off for six years touring US, Europe and UK what I struggle with is networking and getting regular work mm -hmm. not really fond of doing functions any suggestions? Um, oh man, that's a tough one that because I also hate networking and I hate that idea of networking as well um, any suggestions? I think it's the idea rather than the networking itself. Yeah, the exactly. Like that you have to keep doing it at all yeah. times, even if you don't feel like it, because this means that you can probably get another job. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not touring all the time either. Like I probably, so after the Mika tour, I probably didn't, from 2012, my like, I just probably did like a couple of tours in the year, but they weren't even like long, probably like a week or four days or, you know, mm -hmm. bits and pieces. And, um, you know, there are some musicians out there that are constantly touring yeah but they're also probably constantly networking as well like but in the sense of like they're always just staying in touch with people you know the people that are working with them the people that they're just very good people like connectors and good um talkers but all of those people are doing functions when they're not working because the other people that are working are doing functions and I do functions I've done functions I've done functions for 20 years and even with Mika when I was touring with Mika on my I might have had two days off and if I could have worked a function that weekend I would have gone I still did a function and I'm so glad I did because when I when I finished when the tour finished in 2012 I got my function gig back straight away because I'd, I'd made sure that I'd stayed in touch I'd made sure that I did the functions and I made sure that and I still do I still gig with that band now and um and I, I get it like there's loads of people that don't like function gigs and there's loads of people that don't like function bands but it could just be that they don't like that kind of function band like the function band that I play with is like 
a mad party band. It is like a rock and roll gig every gig that I do. You know, we're dancing on tables and running around and we're having fun. We're not standing still going, oh God, come on, you know, when's 12 o'clock coming? You know, we do it. And like I said to you earlier, every gig I do, I do it with at 110%. I put myself into it. If I don't put myself into it, there's no point me doing it. Um, so when I do a function gig, I put myself into it, you know, and I, I make people enjoy themselves. I'm like, this is my job. I'm here yeah. to entertain you. And this is what we're going to do it. Like, we're going to have fun. Um, yes. So, you know, that's probably, sorry, that's probably not the answer that you want to hear because you don't like functions. But um, for me, you know, because you're constantly working with musicians, you're co- and it might be new musicians that you work with that might open up new doors. It really depends on the gig, really. It depends on the function gig. And it depends what, you know, people like to see people put themselves into into bands and um and trying stuff out and jam nights and you know I, the guy that i got the mika gig off i didn't it wasn't even a networking night or a function band or i just went to watch a jam night you know i met him through going to just thinking oh, i really want to start a metal band i'm just going to go to some night out and then there you go i met him we started a metal band together we get, we recorded records and um, produced blah, blah blah blah. Got loads of stuff going on. Then he went off and did some session work. And then a few years later, I got the Mika job. So it is you know it's not so much about like networking in the sense of giving out business cards, but yeah, it's more just like it's being out there, being connected with friends. Yeah, you know other musicians. What you got going on? What you doing? You know, just just yeah, just staying friends with people. And I guess mm. in in London, of course, in normal times there are. So so many gigs and so many occasions to mm. sort of like it's literally just um not just because you know everyone's life is intense and and busy already mm. but of course if you if you manage to go to gigs and and literally networking in the sense of being around people you never know who you're gonna meet totally totally i think i spoke to one of them my old students actually and she was like i went to a metal what did she say i went to a metal open mic night and she's like she does like electro electronic music and she's like i was just at the bar having a pint just got speaking to a guy he's a graphic designer he does all my graphics for me now i was yeah. like you just you know it's just it's i know it's not music but it's 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 other artists and other mediums that can help you know you can work together with stuff i think it's amazing yeah I'm pretty confident that we've answered a lot of questions. Great. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. You're uh, welcome. It was great. Of course, I hope to see you in person soon. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I Just one more thing just to end on. Sure. Don't, don't feel bad if you don't have a tour or a gig. Like, it's okay. Like, it's, it's there's huge pressure for us to be constantly touring. And it's, you know, especially now, it's not possible. <laughs> So no. I think we just got to enjoy, enjoy ourselves now, right now. So yeah. Definitely. Cool. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Laura. Thanks, everyone, Bye. for tuning in too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Bye. guys. Bye.